0: You're listening to another message from the Pentecostal Church in Normal, Illinois. Our mission is to honor God, love people, discover truth. That He didn't need me till late yesterday, so I called Brother Caleb Morrison. Come on, brother. And I said, hey, can you preach on Sunday? He said, you better believe it, Pastor. So I want you to give him a hand clap of praise. I know God has put a word on his heart, and I'm excited to hear uh, what God has for us today. Amen. Let's give that praise to God. I, it, we are happy that he is here most of all. So let's praise him just a little bit more. Thank you, Jesus, Lord, for everything that you've done, Lord. Thank you for your goodness, your grace, Lord. The blessings that you've given us, Jesus. I uh, I did think that Brother Solomon was going to go ahead and just preach the message. And I know that you hear that from a lot of pastors, the whole joke of, oh, he's going to preach my message for me sort of thing. But um, it is one of those things where uh, I don't know if anyone has ever been in the market for a vehicle and then either you bought it or you were looking at that specific vehicle and then you started to see it everywhere, everywhere. It's just like, man, it just seems like everyone has it. It's not a unique vehicle anymore because you see it at Walmart, you see it at Casey's, you see it everywhere and you're like, maybe I don't want that vehicle. But when you start to look at from an outside perspective of how God works And pastor talked to me on Friday. I wasn't up here with music, so I didn't know the songs that they were going to speak. I didn't know what God was laying on his heart. But it's just thing after thing after thing that when you step back and look at how God works and how all the pieces of the puzzle, when you take a box of uh, a puzzle and you throw it all over the table and you see all the colors and all the shapes and you're like, how could this possibly fit together? How could this show this beautiful picture here that doesn't make any sense? It's just everything everywhere. But when you start to slowly put the pieces together, and you start to step back. And as they say, look at the bigger picture. You start to realize just how God works and how great our God is. So can we just one more time? Thank you, Jesus, for everything you've done in this service, everything that you're lining up. God, we praise you for what you're doing, Lord. We're believing in great things today. Lord, we praise you, God, and we are receiving what you have. God, I pray that you would touch me as I minister forth with the word, Lord. And we praise you for what you're going to do in Jesus name. Jesus name you may be seated I've got scriptures all through this so I'm gonna just let you go ahead and sit down so the uh, pastor asked me uh, to, to speak and so I kind of had something that was on my heart that I've just been thinking about kind of mulling over and uh, so the, the title of my message is is who's your dad and whenever uh, Solomon was talking some of the stuff I was like man you're, you're just dancing around it buddy just keep it going I'm just gonna hand hand my tablet to you and just let you go But uh, so growing up, I grew up in church and my family was around the campground. Uh, Many of you have probably been to the campground before. It's about 20 minutes south of here. Um, They helped out my entire life. I mean, whenever I was a baby, when my parents uh, were doing dorm monitoring and stuff like that, I was there as continue growing up and my dad would help out and grounds crew or this. And I was just I was always there. And so it got to a point where you would people would see your face enough, but not really know, you know, like, whose kid is that? Right. And so they would just be that reference point of are, you know, is are, are you are you Michael Morrison's son? Are you are you that M- the Morrison boy or whatever? Yeah, that's that's me. And so it got to a point where it was that or my I had two older sisters who both went to camp. And so they would always um, you know, people would know my sisters because they always hung out and had a big group of friends and all that sort of stuff. And so they would say, Are are you are you Haley Morrison's little brother? Are you are you Brittany Morrison's little brother? Yeah, yeah. So it almost sort of got this identity that I, I just became, became that Morrison kid. It was just like that was the one that I became to the point where um, it, it, I just started putting on all my social media stuff. So like my Instagram and all that sort of stuff is just like that Morrison kid because it's just I just was the kid that was a part of the family. And so started being known for my family's name. And I will say that I've been very, very blessed To have a great father. When you're growing up, and you you know you look at your family aspect, you only see what's inside your family. And sometimes you have friends, and you go over to their house, and you see a little a little picture of what's going on around you. But you only really see your family most of the time. And I will say that I've been very very blessed to have a loving father. And I I as I've grown up, I have found out that that is not the case for a lot of people. Um, And so I do want to thank God for that. And uh, I think one of the biggest shockers was whenever I had a roommate one time that uh, I was cooking something out on the grill or whatever, and I I forgot, uh, like, I turned the grill off, and I went inside and was eating my food or whatever, and um, he was outside for something, letting his dog out or whatever, and he came back in, he was like, oh, I I, uh, saw that you left the propane on, on the, just the the valve, and so I turned that off for you, and I was like, oh, okay, thanks. Not a big deal to me if it leaked out a little bit over time and eventually came out to an empty tank, so what? And I just was like, okay, and passed it off. And then he just kind of like, you could see there was a click in his mind. He said, oh, you never got beat for that, did you? And I was like, what? He said, oh, yeah, I had a stepfather that beat me for that because I forgot to turn off the valve for the propane tank. And it broke my heart to think about that you would do that to a, a, a small child for something that they had no idea about that. And just the, the heartbreak of how the the father figure in someone's life, how they could wound Someone so young into, you know, scar a, uh, a, a child to the point where it's it's defined him yeah. that I, I asked him one point, would you ever consider being a, a stepfather? He said, no, why would I ever do that? No one ever loved me. Why would I ever want someone else's kids? And it's defined him that he never had that father figure in doing this message. Um, and I'll actually have a little bit of participation here uh I, I went and I uh, called a bunch of I called probably a half dozen fathers and I asked them some questions. I said, I'm not a father, but I want to hear from a father's perspective. Um, so the first one, uh, Brother Solomon, if you would, if, if you don't mind answering this question, what is something that was a characteristic or a trait that manifested itself in your life as soon as you became a father? That's good. That's good. Um, Pastor, your, your father is not with us here in the room right now. But another question that I was asking a bunch of these gentlemen, and these are men that have kids as old as, you know, mid 30s to three years old. Um, so there's a variety of answers. But what is something that you saw in your father growing up that maybe you didn't understand uh, why he did something like that? But as you became a father, you saw the reason for it and you patterned. You, you wanted that in your life. You wanted to do that as a father as well. It's good. That's good. As going through this, it actually, it, it also kind of, not stung, but it kind of hurt that um, as men, a lot of times, and I know this is not like a Father's Day message, that's for probably a pastor to do in a couple of months in June, um, but as men, a lot of times we don't express emotion, we don't really go out and express those deeper feelings, It's a lot of times like, oh, the work calls are the worst, when it's just like, how's everyone's weekend, did you do anything fun, how's that weather, and everyone's just like, eh, it's just the same questions every time, and it's never those deep questions, and I had multiple of these guys say, wow, that's a good question. That's something that, that that it makes us reflect in. And I think that self-reflection is a very big thing um, that we should definitely try to do in our life. And as I was going through, I was trying to look and realizing that um, in, in my life, uh, there's a lot of things that I've, I've noticed recently. Um, when pastor talking about, you know, uh, death that's happened recently. And as I get older, I see that this is more and more just because everyone I know is getting older as well. And you start to realize the fragility of life and start to realize and start to appreciate all of these different things. And I started thinking about my father and about eventually that I I plan to be a father and, you know, all the attributes that I've seen in a father. And I know that some people have not seen that in their father. And I'm very cognizant of that. But I wanted to kind of reflect that even if you didn't have, even just like my friend that had those terrible things happen as he had four stepfathers. It was very much like the biblical story of, hey, go get your go get your uh, husband. I don't have a husband. That's right. You've you've, you've had five. And uh, I, I, I uh, said kind of to a different person, I was like this. This guy is living the Bible story of his mom. He's, she's now on her fifth husband. And so it's like he's seen this cycle over and over and over again of not having a good father. But I started looking through and talking about we, we, we use that reference of our heavenly father. And it sounds very much like just it's kind of off in the distance. Right. And I want as I go through this for you guys to realize that that heavenly father is very near and dear and that he is here for you. And the presence that we felt today is just the tip of the iceberg, that it's just that's something that we talk about within this situation of death of comfort. That's one of the things I have in here, that the father can be a comfort in our life. And so I am going to go through a couple of things and just realize that as I go through these, start to look for something that you need in your life right now. Start to look for whatever it is. And and as a father, and this obviously works for mothers as well, too. There are things as a child that you go to your parents because you need and it varies from one day to the next. Monday, it's one thing. Tuesday, it's a completely different thing that you need. And that's why you're going to them. And so the scripture that a lot of people will reference for our heavenly father is Matthew 711. If ye then being evil, because it talks about us, we're all born into iniquity. We all have problems. We all have flaws. It doesn't matter how good of a person that you think that you you aspire to be. We still have shortcomings. We still have faults. And parents, I'm sure there are plenty of times that you've thought that wasn't the right thing to say. I didn't handle that situation right. Is that gonna is that gonna is that gonna wound them? Is that gonna hurt them? And and I'm sure that you have that feeling of what is this? Go- what is the outcome of this going to be? I want to be a good parent. And I one of the gentlemen said uh, whenever I asked those questions of what did you see in your father that you wanted to mimic, he said, I saw him be honest and open when he failed. That he said, I I messed up that situation right there wasn't the right situation. I didn't handle that right. I'm sorry. Please forgive me, which takes a lot for a man to admit that they're wrong and to say, look, I'm not as strong as I thought I was. And so it says, if ye then being evil, and I'm not saying that we're evil, but we are born into iniquity and sin know how to give good gifts to your children how much more should your father which is in heaven give good things unto those that ask of him I'll tell you right now god wants good things for you god will give you good things but it has to be in his timing and it has to be if you're in alignment with him that if he can't trust you with 10 dollars he's not going to trust you with 10 million so god wants to give you good things And so if you're thinking, God, why are all these things just keep bad after one after another? It's just I I lose my job. Just trust in him. Ask him and understand that you may need to align with his principle of what he wants in your life. And maybe there's something internally that we need to look at first before God can give that good thing. If uh, if, you know, your son is not exactly the uh, the uh, most cautious behind the wheel of a car in driver's ed, you're probably not going to hand the keys over to a, a, a $60,000 vehicle, you might say, well, here's a, a little puddle jumper that's got a at 250,000 miles right now. I can't trust you with more, but I want good things for you. You want to give him good things, but maybe he's just not ready for that good thing yet. So that is, it, it is difficult to say, um, you know, at times, what is a good person? What is a good thing? Because it's very, it can be very vague and it sounds almost like a very surface thing that like, oh You're a good guy. But what is a good person? And are we um, seeking for good in our life? And, and God, of course, we do know is good. I love the songs that were picked out because it wasn't there. We have different kinds of songs. And a lot of times it's talking about how, you know, we praise or we worship or we love and stuff like that. But a lot of the songs today, we're talking about him, how he's holy, how he's mighty, how he's a provider and all these things. And I was just like, man, you're just all over it right now of all the things that God is for us. Now, another thing that a lot of these gentlemen were saying when I talked to them was a provider, that God is a provider, that they would say that, you know what? I, I One thing that I realized that changed for me was that I will do whatever it takes to provide for my child. If I have to work a second job, if I have to lose out on a meal to make sure that they eat, if I have to go without sleep, I'm going to provide. And I know that we have some young parents in here today that probably have realized that, you know what? It doesn't matter what I have to do. I'm going to provide for that child. It talks about God having a cattle on a thousand hills. I assure you that if you are needing a blessing right now to provide, God can do it. We look in the Old Testament at God and see that the Bible as a whole is a book of love. That at every single point of this, if you're, if you're comforting, if you're providing, all of that is out of love. You wouldn't do that for someone that you don't love. If you have someone that's that's been terrible to you and you don't have a love for your heart and your heart for them, as much as God commands us to, you're not going to say, well, I know that you're struggling. Here's a tank of gas after they just, you know, stabbed you in the back. You're not going to do that because you don't have a love for that. But God has a love for us. And we look through the Old Testament about all the times that the children of Israel failed and that they messed up. But God still loved them. God still looked out for them. He was still their father. He said, I'm still going to take you through this. Even though that you keep messing up, I'm still going to take you through this. In Exodus sixteen thirty-five, and the shoulder of Israel did eat manna for 40 years. God was a provider. God said, it doesn't matter that, you know, we're walking through the desert and that you don't have it. It said that their clothes never wore out. If, if you've ever been to a desert area, it's, uh, it's not exactly uh, fruitful with a lot of cotton to start making more clothes. So uh, God said, you know what, I'm going to provide. I've got you covered when you think that you don't have it. When you don't know where it's going to come from, and they looked around, they said, where's our food at, God? Where is it? God said, just you wait. I'm just waiting for you to come to the Father right now, because I've got something for you. I've got something planned, but I need to know, do you know where your provision comes from? Do you know where it's going to be coming from? And so God is our provider. God is our protector. That is a, a, another thing. Again, they were all of these, these men were saying when they were talking about it, and they were reflecting inwardly that I had my brother-in-law. He said, you know, I, I was raised on the south side of Chicago. He said, it's rough area. He said, man, tell you what, in the ghetto, there's some good food. There's some real good food in the ghetto, he said, but I'm going to tell you right now, I would go there by myself. He said, but I'm not going to take my, family, my, four, my four little ones into the ghetto to go get some food. He said, there are things that you become more aware of that you start being more cautious and looking in and seeing where are entrances, where are exits, where are these cars coming from, where is, where is this, where is that one. You know, you don't let them out of your sight. You start being a protector. For those that you love as a father, you do this. And again, I don't want to dismiss the role of a mother because I understand that the whole phrase of a mother hen. there is there, women will die for their their children in an instant because they birthed them. Um, And so there is that protector as a mother too. in Exodus. It talks about and the Lord went before them in the day as a pillar of cloud and and to lead them in the way and and at night, a pillar of fire for light. And so that was another time that they were in the desert. And again, if you've ever been out in very hot, you know, New Mexico, Arizona, something like that, uh, there's there's not really any clouds. It's going to get real warm. And uh, that's our desert. That's not talking about Sahara and that sort of stuff right there. So th- it was one thing that God said, oh, look, I, I'm going to protect you. I'm going to keep you safe. I'm going to make sure that you are safe. And uh, one of my favorite scripture verses, which for some reason didn't copy in here um, is. Uh, First or second Kings 616, I believe it is. And it's the story of whenever there was the entire city that was surrounded in a siege. And they that, that the prophet goes up on the wall with his with his helper and looking out and you see the enemy on all sides of you. You don't see a way out. There's no way to, to crash through. We don't have the time to tunnel underneath and, and go and get help. And there's no way of getting a message out. You're completely surrounded by the enemy. You don't know how you're going to make it out. And it can be like that in life. We can look around and not see a way out. And as much as we, we feel like, you know, there, there's those around us that, you know, hey, brother, I, I need a job. Do you have any, anything at your work? No, I don't have anything at my work right now. Hey, we're, we're having issues with this. Is there anything? I can't help. It feels like everywhere we turn to our earthly side, is there's no help. But I love this scripture. Whenever the, the, the assistant to the man of God said, what do we do? And he said, and, and I'll add on to this, he said, there be more that are for us than they that be with them. He said, open his eyes. And this is something that shows us that God help us because we are nowhere near where we need to be in the realm of the supernatural. Because the part of this that kind of gets skimmed over is that the man of God saw this the entire time. This wasn't a shock to him. He already knew that his his provision and his protection was there. He already knew that help was on the way because he had a relationship with God different from everyone else around him. He had that time that he had spent with God in that prayer room. Whenever he had no one else around, he had put in all of the work beforehand for God to show him and say, look, I've, I've always got you covered. You've, you've been in a relationship with me. We've got this this handled. And so that is something that shows us that if we spend more time with God, We'll probably see the answer a whole lot quicker than we need it before. Before it comes to this, that we're on the very last thing. God's got it covered for us and uh, he will be there for us. I I, I love that he is our protector. My parents have said before that whenever you're in the car and, and it's a last second, you have all you have time is to just say Jesus. The power of those prayers are backed up by all the ones that came before it. It's the same thing that uh, for for those, uh, the kids are in the Sunday school room, but, you know, whenever you're getting up to test time, you're saying, God, help me with this test, and you haven't spent a lick of time studying. I don't think God's going to be like, you know what, I'm just going to dump all the answers into your mind because you haven't spent any time before that studying, so you don't have anything to fall back on. That if if you come to your parents and you never go and help them, you never have that relationship with love, and you say, "I, I want this thing, they may not be willing to give it to you because you haven't, you haven't earned that thing with them. And the same thing for God is that he wants to give us good things and he wants to help us on those and provide for us. But sometimes we have to put in the work for that, too, on the other side of it. Um, as I said earlier, with uh, getting older and seeing death happening more, a comforter. That's one thing that that wasn't necessarily uh, something that a lot of the the guys were answering whenever they went through this Um. The psalmist said in seventy-one twenty-one, uh, "Thou shalt increase my greatness and comfort me on every side." That God is that comfort whenever things get rough, whenever you don't know who else to turn to, when you don't feel like you can turn to anyone else, or you almost feel too embarrassed to turn to anyone else, and you turn to God and you say that you you just God, I don't know what else to do. I need I need help. I need comfort right now. And our earthly fathers can be the same thing too. Uh, Excuse me. There can be a a tough exterior on on a father that shows that, you know, there's nothing that can that can uh, get by and that he's very tough and he has it all put together. And uh, there there is a a beauty in seeing that uh, a father doesn't have it all put together and an honesty in that with a father and and his children to show that, look, I don't have it all figured out. I'm not a perfect person, but I know one who is. But I know the one that whenever as a father you're, you're, you're struggling to give the right answers to your children, you're, you, you may have failed, you may have all those things. You can say there is one that is not going to do that, that is going to stand with you from the end. He's never going to forsake you. He's never going to leave you. And that we have a, a uh, comforter in him, that father figure that uh, whenever I had last uh, year an uncle pass away and uh, he was about the same age as my father and actually looked very similar to my father. Um, They had very similar facial features, hair and all that sort of stuff. Uh, And at the funeral, this is the first time I'd had to deal with death in a while. I've been very blessed to not have a lot of death in my family. And whenever I saw him in the casket, I fell apart. I I sobbed for I don't know how long. And to look up at my father and see him standing near the casket of his younger brother and to still just maintain composure, it, it was such a comfort to me. To see that that's a man that that's standing true and he's now I know he's going to cry later. I know that he's going to have his own personal his own personal time with this uh, to grieve and stuff like that, but that he can be a pillar and a comfort to me when I needed it. When I feel like as a grown man, I, I've, I've, I don't know how to handle this, but there is a comfort and I want you to know that no matter what you're going through, there is one that can comfort you. There have been plenty of times that I've been at, a, at my wits end with whatever the situation is. And all I could do is just bury my face in the carpet in my room and sob and say, God, I, I don't know what to do. And just to speak in tongues. And this is where I feel like tongues is so, so, so important. Is because when you run out of words in your own human mind, whenever the pressure of the world is just crashing down on you, all around you, and all you can do is cry out to God in a heavenly language and say, Look, I don't know the words anymore. I'm so frustrated, I'm so tied up with everything going on. But God, you know. He knows the intentions of our heart and our mind. He knows. He's not confused. He's not waiting like, oh, this is what's happening. I didn't, I didn't realize that. He knows. So find that place with prayer find that place with God if if that's what you're looking for right now if you need a comforter again whatever that is out of these that we're going through and God is More than this. I've only got a a, a couple of them, but it talks about that. He is the Prince prince of Peace. The mighty God is he, the Comforter, the Everlasting Father. It just goes on and on and on. It doesn't matter how many songs we put up there. There's still going to be more to sing about our God. There's still going to be more things in the Bible that we can pull out and say, I didn't even realize that that's what God is to me, that there is this thing, too, that in this particular point in my life, I need that as well. And so I encourage you to think, what is God for you today? What is he and your father? What is it? And then, of course, a healer. A father cares for the for the health of his children and, and should want that his children be healthy and growing up. And it says in Psalms 30 and two. Oh, Lord, my God, I cried unto thee and thou hast healed me that we have a healer, the great physician, the mighty God. He is able to do exceedingly abundantly above all that we can ask or think that God I, I, we don't understand. The doctor's diagnosis isn't what well, God doesn't care about the doctor's diagnosis. God is the great physician and he's got it all under control, says before you were formed. I knew the, I know all about your body. I was the one that designed it out of the clay. I molded it together. I put all the bones. in Thank you for taking the time to listen to this message from the church. We hope you feel encouraged by the words you have heard today and would love the opportunity to get to meet you in person. If you ever find yourself in normal Illinois, for more information on what's happening and to discover ways to connect, be sure to subscribe to our podcast and never miss a service. Also follow us on social media. Find us on Instagram by searching thechurch.normalil or on Facebook by searching the church. Direct links can be found in the show notes.